Today's guest will help you get control of the cash you've got under the mattress and maybe help you get a bit more action on top of the mattress as well. Welcome to the Trading's Business Show, helping you get off the tools and into true business ownership so you can spend more time doing the things that matter most. Now, here are your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. So welcome to episode 22 of the Tradies Business Show. G'day, everyone. And uh, we hope you're having a wonderful summer. Spectacular weather out, isn't it? It is. So today we're talking all about money and mindset. Oh, money. Yes, we all want some more and we don't often have enough. That's right. We'd all like to be getting more of that, wouldn't we? That's right. And another way to get money in your business is through MyObPayDirect, which is our show sponsor. It's a mobile payment system where you can take payments on the job site and be able to SMS and email receipts out to customers so you can take the money as soon as the job's finished and have it in your bank account the next day. Uh, there's some special on some readers. So if you want to find out more, check out tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash MYOB and then you'll be able to fill in a form there and find out more and get the special offer. I just love that segue then, Michaela. That was I'm sitting here thinking... Gee, that was just like seamless the way you went into our sponsor message. But uh, look, we make no bones about it, listeners. Uh, my Ob do support the show, and uh, we're very grateful for that, and they help us to bring uh, all these great guests to you. So uh, please go and check out uh, their offer, and it is a great little solution as well. But uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I couldn't let that go without without uh, making a mention of it. I was thinking how pro I was. <laughs> so talking about money, and one person I met um, about a year ago, and I was just blown away by the message and passion that she has for helping out relationships when it comes to around money and the mindset with money in running a business and particularly, you know, the lack of communication and planning and strategy that we both have in our business but also in our personal life as well. It's just so critical. So I thought she'd be a great guest to have on the show today. And this was one of those interviews where it just flowed. It just went really easily and, uh, you know, some guests we have to ask probably more questions and prod them a little bit more, but uh, Michelle's just very passionate about this topic and she's had some personal experience with it as well. So I actually really enjoyed this interview. It was a great one to do. That's right. And Michelle is a money and mindset coach, often known as a money maven, and she's always on a, a current affair and on TV telling people how to manage their money. And she really is passionate with working with people, particularly those and couples in business, around transforming their relationship with money and then in turn their relationship and having a you know a happier marriage and more special cuddles. Always got to love those special cuddles. And with that, we're going to get straight into the interview. Hi, and welcome to the show, Michelle. Hey, Michaela. Hey, Warwick. Thanks for having me. Hey, Michelle. So I'm really looking forward to today's episode. I really think um, our listeners are going to get a lot out of it. So what made you get into this area of helping people around money and their mindset? Uh, I got into this area because I actually had a problem with my money and my mindset to start with. <laughs> now that I uh, am fully over that and I can uh, express it and help um, other people move through their money mindset issues. And I think how it all started for me was working um, as a tradies wife, so not well, I was working as a tradies wife and also business partner. Welcome and to the club. <laughs> there is a club, isn't there? There is. We we speak this, you know, secret language. <laughs> we do, we do. And we had this business that we kind of 
fell into as a necessity. You know, we, we came back from um, an overseas holiday. We'd, we'd been married, sold a couple of businesses, gone over and had a good time, came back pregnant with our first child and we were living in a one-bedroom apartment over in um, Brisbane and, you know, kind of decided, oh, okay, I think this must be our time to be grown-ups. <laughs> what are we going to do? And we uh, went into our own property maintenance and painting business qualified by the way I might just say that he was a qualified painter and um, you know we were we were business partners we were friends we were husband and wife and trying to do all of that was just you know just did our head heads in and was really unhealthy for our relationship we jumped into bit jumped into business not bed jumped in <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a bit of that in today's episode, isn't there? <laughs> there is. There is. It's coming. We jumped into a business to give ourselves an income to pay our bills. That's purely why we did it. And even when we reflect on it now, we go, gee, aren't we grateful that we had that business at that time in our lives? Because all it did was pay our bills and give us holidays and, you know, car a car. And it, we didn't go in with a structure. We didn't go in with a plan. We just winged it, if you like. And in the winging it, was the mess, um, the mess of going to bed at night, talking about the crap day or even the good day, but, you know, the customer complaint or the a safety issue or whatever it might have been, an invoice that didn't get paid and what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you doing about it kind of thing? <laughs> Never go to bed angry? Well, I think there's lots of tradie husbands and wives going to bed angry. <laughs> and, you know, waking up in the morning and the f- first thought is, right, okay, what are we going to do today? We've got to do this, this and this. There was no separation with the um, with our life and with our business. And when I pulled away from the business um, and started to pretty much reestablish what our relationship rules were, I saw a lot of this happening to my friends that were in relationships with their, uh, sorry, in business partnerships with their partners, that it has such a hold on your relationship because you just kind of mesh into one big mess. And it's you've got either got to have really good uh, coaching and systems in place to get you out of that and back on, you know, and back on track. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And mm. so what are some of the strategies that you recommend your clients do to help with that separation and, and really keep, you know, the business stuff focused away from the relationship? I think you've really got to take have a time out and go in the naughty corner for a bit and <laughs> <laughs> and kind of reevaluate um, what you what you were doing and why you were doing it. Are you in business just to um, provide an income and pay your bills? And that's completely okay, but be really clear about that and be really clear about is it a business that I'm going to grow and develop into franchises? Awesome. Be really clear about that rather than just being, you know, foggy-eyed every morning and going out and doing what you need to do and coming home and not having a structure, a vision, a goal, a dream in place. Uh, so, yeah, it's really important to separate what's going on in your life and have that as a separate entity and your business as a separate entity because for me, being the tradie's wife, at the time, you know, we would we, we would have our business account and we would have our personal account but there were so many times when I would be at, 
you know, at the supermarket and go, oh, gosh, I forgot to transfer any wages into our account last night. I'll just use the company card and I'll fix it all up when I get home. And, you know, I'd say that four or five times a week and never go home and fix it up when I got home. Then there was the stress and worry about what money was coming from where and then, you know, Jonathan going, what's going on? Why is there money in this account and no money in this account? You've got to have a really clear definition of this is the – this is the financials for our life and this is the financials for our business. It's it's such a great point, Michelle, and it's something that I've heard a few people uh, suggest is that you treat yourself as your number one employee in your business. Yes. And, and you know, this whole concept of paying yourself first. Uh, what are your thoughts around that? Definitely. And, and again, it comes with structure. I think also for tradies is there's – you know, it's always this unknown. One week's going to be a $2,000 week and the next week's going to be a $7,000 week. And there's this unknown around what the income is going to be. And what I do when I work with people is we actually work out what is the absolute bare minimum that you're going to bring in this week. Everything else is a bonus. Let's just work with bare minimum. And if that bare minimum is $1,000, pay yourself the $1,000 a week. Um, you know, mm. according to the payroll department and tax <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer yep. insert here. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yes, definitely pay yourself first because if you're not va- because it's got all to do with value. If you're not valuing yourself and paying yourself first, there's a whole lot of mind shit going on in there about your self value. And when you don't have self a high self value and a high self belief, that is reflected in your service to your customers. So you've got to be able, you've got to be treating yourself with respect in order to be treating other people with respect. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Well, that- I, I'm going to be the, uh, I don't like sort of referring to it as devil's advocate here, but um, what if I can't afford to pay myself first? What if I can't afford even that $1,000 minimum? There'll be a, well, there'll be a minimum amount of money you you do have to take care of your expenses, but you you can't take care of your expenses if you're not taking care of yourself. So if you if you don't have enough money, you are not um, generating enough income. So you need to focus on your income and how can you increase that income to a place where it's not going to be an issue for you to cover your lifestyle costs at home. Mm. So one of the things that we do when I when I'm working with people is we write out all of the things that we've got to pay and that's down and that's out and that's part of the money plan. That's all got to be paid. Okay, let's focus all of our attention now onto the income and how we can ramp that up really quickly and start to get some momentum and a snowball happening with it. And I've heard you a couple of times um, talk about, you know, a few ways that you can quickly generate some income when you need to. Um, would you like to share some of those tips that you have? Sure. It, you know, in a in a situation, for example, if there's a, a husband and wife and the husband is the tradie and the wife's doing the books or doing, um, doing the books and the marketing and there's no business coming in, the opportunity there for him is to go and ask somebody else and work for someone else for a little bit and go to another, if you know, if you're an electrician, go and work for another electrician if he's got business happening. What could you be doing that may only be two days a week, but two days of work two days a week of work is better than nothing. You can't sit on your butt and go, I didn't get any work this week. Go and get one day's work. Go and get two days work. Don't just sit in misery. The opportunity for the wife, if you like, 
and this is vice versa if the wife is the tradie and the because <laughs> I know that happens and yeah. the husband's doing the marketing the books mm-hmm. is to you you can go on websites and freelance yourself and do some um, do some work on the side with um, you know editing maybe you, maybe you're good with editing um, there's a big call for VAs Michaela you know about that with your <laughs> business <laughs> and you know the other potential is it's possible that you may need to increase your rate. When we started our property maintenance business, we went, oh, what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Honey, do you reckon it'd be 15 bucks an hour? <laughs> oh, let's try 25. So we had to go at 25 and we tried that. And you know what? All we got was people only willing to pay 25 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And that market is completely different to the market that wants to pay $75 an hour. You still do, and, and you know they're not complaining. They, they, you're in, you're out, you're done. With the twenty five dollar an hour work, it's time consuming. They're never happy. I mean, have you had experiences like that in your business? <laughs> I think uh, a few of our listeners just ran off the road because they were uh, <laughs> gripping the steering wheel so tight when you said put your rates up. It was like, what? You can't put your rates up. You'll lose yeah. all your customers. Yeah, but you know, if you put, but your you're right. We had, we might have, we had, I don't know, I'm just making figures up now, but if we had a hundred customers paying $25 versus 25 customers paying $75, my quality of life and the action happening in the bedroom with my husband is way better (laughs) (laughs) than doing the hundred people for 25. But it goes back to what you were saying, Michelle, about um, paying yourself first and actually valuing yourself. If, if you were an, you know, for our listeners to think about this, if they were an employee getting paid what they pay themselves currently as business owners, they'd quit. Exactly. They wouldn't stand for it. Uh, exactly. You know, working seventy hours a week for ten bucks an hour. Yes, they wouldn't. So no. it's such a great mind shift for uh, for people to make. Yeah, yeah, and you know, you will, you probably will lose customers, but there's a whole realm of people out there to serve those customers. Your self-belief in yourself, knowing that you can do a job, knowing that you provide fantastic, awesome customer service and the first tradie that's out there listening to me that sends a text, a five-letter, five-word text that says, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be there for another half an hour. My God, your business is going to go through the roof. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a way to increase your income. Just send people a text. (laughs) And we bang on about that stuff a lot and uh, have done in previous episodes. So, um, yeah, Michaela? Yeah, so one thing that um, we have a rule in our house that uh, after four o'clock we don't talk about the business and uh, we keep that during the day and at night time, uh, you know, anything about the business is, is not allowed. Yeah. So is that something you recommend as far as communication strategies go and things like that with uh, keeping a happy marriage and happy business? Yeah, happy wife, happy life, hey? <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> Uh, yes, for sure. You know, people don't like what oh, people. My experience of the people that I work with is that communication is the first hurdle that needs to be overcome because the husband doesn't want to talk to the wife because the wife's spending too much money or vice versa, and the wife doesn't want to talk to the husband because he's never home and he never doesn't do anything with the kids. It's again making an agreement. And the thing with an agreement is agreements are flexible and can always be changed, but you need to start with one. The agreement is, like you, Michaela, we 
only talk about business during these hours. After that, this is what we do. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Well, I think it should be till five. Okay, well, let's work with that and review it in a week. I think if you, for me, what really worked was looking at my life as if it was my business. So when I do our household money management, I look at it as if it is a business and I'm the accounts payable person that's got to go through and pay all the bills and then give a report to the boss and say, these are all the bills that got paid. And by boss, I don't mean, you know, he's to- that person is totally in charge. Again, it's, in a, it's an agreement. So I'll use myself as an example. It's totally not practical for Jonathan and I to sit side by side and do the accounts. But what's practical is I will be responsible for getting the bills paid and doing the accounts and I'm going to show you what we did. And it's naturally fallen that way, but that doesn't mean that Jonathan has more power or control over me because that's a whole mindset issue that you need to sort out in your own head because it's about us being a team, us being on the same page and him going and doing what he needs to do and me going and doing what I need to do in order for the team to operate and be effective. So that's what you would do in a business situation. That's what you need to do in your life situation. And if you're communicating about your if you're communicating about money in an open, honest way, you'll be having more sex. Uh-huh, that's the same thing. Because when you when you talk about having these rules and everything it all sounds a little bit kind of robotic and systemized, and yet you're saying that doing that is going to lead to some more uh, hubba hubba in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I don't like to call them rules because for me, and here's an example of how mindset works. If I call something a rule, I immediately want to rebel it and break it. Whereas if I call it an agreement, it's kind of got a bit of softness to it, and somebody's had a part in it, and I've had a part in it. So you need to choose your words wisely and yeah if you do have agreements in place and you're communicating with each other the pressure is off who's doing what who didn't do what and when the pressure's off you guys know what happens when the pressure is off (laughs) (laughs) if if i was better at this i'd cue like a johnny farnham uh, (laughs) take the pressure down in there or something but uh so are there Look, I want to bring something up and uh, in all the years of working with clients, I see some people who really, they put a lot of pressure on themselves financially because um, they just live beyond the capability of their business to fund their lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's they don't obviously set out to do that consciously but have you got any tips for, I guess, sticking to some sort of a household budget so that they're not sitting there going, well, the business just doesn't make enough money to pay for all this stuff? Yeah, I I mean, again, the biggest tip is to get that blurred line unblurred between life and business and having them as two separate entities and dealing with them as two separate things. So when you sit down to pay the accounts, you're not paying the electricity bill at home and the uh, lease on the truck. You're doing your business accounts on this day and then you do your household accounts on this day. So really getting – and, yeah, getting systemized. I mean, systems systems work – Look at McDonald's, look at, you know, Subway, look at Coles, look at Woolworths. They have systems in place. They're businesses that have been around a long time and the systems help them do that. They make them work. Um, Yeah. And so things like credit cards and all that sort of stuff, do you have a particular um, point of view on those? Yeah, so 
don't, I wouldn't be putting any of your household expenses um, through the business until the end of the year and leaving it for your accountant to sort out. Don't try to do it on the fly and sort it out at the end. Do you know what I mean? Don't do it now. Wait for a minute, wait for a year and have the accountant sort it all out for you. My wife would love to hear that, Michelle. She's an accountant and uh, <laughs> the number of times I hear her complaining about um, business owners, in particular tradespeople, seems to be a bit of a mindset amongst our listeners of putting personal stuff through the business to get that bit of a tax break, you know. Um, yes. It just makes life miserable for their accountant, which costs them more money in the end anyway. Well, it does because they're spending more time on doing the stuff, aren't they, and sorting yeah. it all out and looking at what happened. So delay your gratification. And, I mean, that's a massive issue for our generation and for these next generations coming through. What? You we- mean I have to wait for it? <laughs> <laughs> Are we talking about money or the other stuff? <laughs> you won't have to wait for sex if you've got your money stuff sorted. I'm telling you. <laughs> I like it. Honey, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be on tap. Uh, um, with your credit cards at home, let's just say that you, you're, being a, you're being a good student, you're doing all of your business stuff in your business. With your personal life, you really need to have, be clear about what income is coming in and what expenses are going out. So, you you know, you've got to do a balance sheet on your household and a profit and loss on your household. And if you are overspending, you need to stop because at the end of the year, when that credit card statement has been coming in every month for 12 months and you've overspent by $100, which freckle are you going to pull $1,200 out from? Yeah. Yep. You You have to be aware what you are doing with your money. And... It's it's our uh, fear of not wanting to see it that gets us into more and more trouble. So you know the whole the whole head in the sand, walking out to the mailbox, already starting to feel anxious because it's the twenty first of the month and you know that the credit card's starting, uh, the credit card will be coming in soon. You're already starting to feel anxious because somewhere you know you are living beyond your means. You need to sort it out now because that will turn around and bite you on the butt so bad that you that will then affect your business. If your money isn't clear in your life, how can it be clear in your business? Because then all you're doing is going to work to fix up your life. That's right. And, and you have to be clear about where you're at in both areas in your life. You know, there's nothing worse than waking up in the morning and trying to get 10 clients this week because you've got to pay the school fees at the end of the week. That's not why we go into business. We go into business to create, um, you know, to create better things. You you don't go out, you go out there to be better than others. It's, it's a it's a competition, but from a um, from a service point of view. I'm not saying from a poke your eye out point of view, or you know, punch you in the face kind of thing. It's it's a we've always got to be competing with ourselves to be of service to the people in our lives. Mm. And I I think when you take that focus away from the amount of money you make to the amount of people we help, and again, I know it sounds a little perhaps fluffy, uh, but when we make it about an outcome other than the dollar figure, uh, that's when we actually deliver our best service, our best, uh, you know, we show people we care and we've had a number of guests on the show that have talked about showing people you care and how that's actually transformed their business. So that's yeah. really what we're talking about, isn't it? Oh, that's totally what I'm talking about. And when you take away the dollars, because, you know, at the end of the day, 
when you look at a bank statement and you see $500 in that bank account, all that is is the number 500 on a page. How that feels having $500 in the bank account is all your stuff. Mm. It's always just numbers on a page. And if you can remove your emotion away from it and be of service to people, it's amazing how the people just end up landing on your lap anyway. That's right. And it's never about the money. Um, This is the biggest lesson that I've learned in my life. You know, I started my business when I was 22 and by 24, I was, you know, drawing a really good wage. I was flying around the country. I was driving a, you know, cute little Honda Prelude sports car. (laughs) I bought my first house, you know, had, you know, the money was, it was all about the money. But I look back on that and I go, you know what, you're so full of shit. It was, <laughs> it was never, it's never about the money. And I've been to, I've been where I've had no money. And that point in time of my life where I had no money, all I wanted was my husband, my kids, and a roof over my head. All mm. the rest I didn't care about. Mm. So if you can get your place, get yourself to that place. And then work out how you are going to be of service to people and your specialty and your knack for knowing how to solve that problem, the customers will land in your lap and the money will not be an issue. Yeah, that's uh, some great advice, Michelle. So what do you think is the number one money mindset that tradies often have? You have to work your ring off and work (laughs) (laughs) work 70 hours a week to get anywhere and then... Yeah, that's their mindset. Um, but isn't that isn't that true? No, no. You have to work. Se- no, you do not have to work seventy hours a week because people who are working seventy hours a week are grasping. I, I find that they're gra- clutching at straws. Quick, quick, next customer. Quick, quick, next customer. And then they're not. All they're focusing on is how they don't have enough how they're never going to have enough, how they've got to work another five hours to get enough rather than taking care of the 10 hours that they've worked today and providing exceptional customer service to those people, putting them on some kind of referral program or, you know, I'll come back in three months and, you know, like they're so busy in their heads thinking about how they're not making enough. They have no space to think about creating a sustainable business that they can potentially sell in the future. Tradies don't have a very long um, business lifespan when they're physically on the tools themselves. Uh, Do you know what it is, Warwick? Is it 20 years or is Uh, it not even that much? It's less than that these days. Yeah. Uh, And I've worked with a lot of people who basically by their early 40s, they're pretty much done Yep. and can't handle the pace either because there's young guys coming through that are busting out 50, yes. 60 hour weeks on the tools. Yeah. Uh, and the, I mean, they're not old, but, but uh, you know, in terms of that career, it's kind of like professional football players. Yeah, By the time exactly. you hit 30, you know, 35, you're pretty much finished. Yeah. So if you spend your whole time going, gun, you know, I've got to make this much money, I've got to do this, I've got to do 70 hours a week, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, you get to 40 and you've still got nothing. Mm. You've got to be thinking at the 30-year-old point, okay, how am I going to spend the next 10 years making this business into something that is going to provide me an income? Am I going to sell it? Am I going to grow it and put people under me and then I can draw from that? So it's about, be, it's about creating the space in your brain 
to stop panicking and worrying about grabbing whatever you can, whatever you can get. It's you know, it's like somebody throws the money out in the air, and all these tradies go running and running, grab, grabbing as many notes as they can, rather than grabbing a couple of notes and walking away and thinking of how how are you going to best handle this. Mm. Making making uh, better use of what's there rather than just yeah the, the grab the work because it's in front of you and it may not be profitable work either so they're often busy working for people like you say for lower rates yes um, racing around crazy busy and yes. they get to the end of the year and talk to my wife the accountant and she says well you know your sales were good um, but you didn't make any money yes yeah yeah it's dreadful and such an awful feeling to have put all of that energy and sacrificed all of that family time and not had sex with your wife and, you know, <laughs> and to get to sit to, in front of an account. I mean, what the – why do we do that? Why do we do that to ourselves? You sit in front of the accountant after 12 months having sacrificed everything and worked your ring off and she says, yeah, exactly. Sales were great but you made $5,000. How are you feeling? Yeah, or we're mm. still – sales were great. Uh you, you've made a profit and you've got a tax bill. Yeah. And, and the tradie sits there and says, well, I didn't see any of the money. How, how do I have to pay tax? Yes, yes. And it, it's, it's again, it's back to getting that clarity because with with clarity comes confidence. So if look at look at your health. For example, if you are clear that you had a blood test this morning and the blood test said that you needed to have – you need to be doing more exercise, blah, 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 whatever it is because your cholesterol is high. You have the clarity now to make a conscious choice and then you make that conscious choice to go and exercise and eat properly and do whatever and then you start to feel confident and it's with that confidence that you can then create. If you don't have that conf- that kind of confidence, does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. you actually can't live your life fully. And the other thing is we weren't – it doesn't matter if you believe in God, Buddha, universe, if you believe in nothing, we weren't put here to be miserable souls. We weren't put here to be struggling. We weren't put on the planet to not have sex with our partners. (laughs) (laughs) You keep coming back to that, don't we? I am. I keep coming back to that because I'm telling you, you get all this sorted and you'll be laughing. Um, Yeah, you've got it. We weren't put here to be miserable, yet we put ourselves through so much stress, anxiety and worry for no result, for nothing. Mm. So stepping back a little bit and, you know, it's possible if you are in a financial crisis and you know you have bills to pay, it is possible to ring those people and say, I can't make my payment on time. Can I please have an extra 30 days? And give yourself 30 days pressure off to get your shit sorted. Get a business plan in place. Get an agreement in place with your wife. Work out who's going to be responsible for what. Have times, you know, that you are going to talk about business that you're not going to talk about business. It's such a it's, – it's a topic that's surrounded in so much fear, isn't it? Like even that thing that you just say about phoning uh, your suppliers and saying, hey, things are a bit tight. Mm. Could, could you give me a bit of leeway or could I just part pay my invoice? Yes. So many people just won't do that. What's, they, what's going on there? It's pride. It's a pride. In my experience and the people that I work with, it's a pride issue. And, you know, for me, when I was going through our financial meltdown, uh, it was it was exactly that. It was – and, you know, it was a layer-by-layer thing. But the first thing was how embarrassing. I can't believe that I've had two successful businesses and now I've got to ring these people and say, I'm sorry, I can't pay your bill. 
So there's that level of embarrassment. But then under the embarrassment was, well, okay, is that realistic feeling to have? No, I'm so it's not. It's pride. I'm so proud of myself and I feel like I've let myself down. I feel like I haven't put my best effort in. And then you remove that layer. What's the next layer? And then it gets down to exactly this fear of what? What is the fear? Because you can you keep cutting back the layers. You go, shit, I'm just scared. I'm just scared they're going to come and take my house. Okay, is that fear real? Is that actually really what's going to happen if you don't pay your bill in the next 30 days? They're going to come and take your house. Go and ask the question. Go and find out. I went to our bank. I actually went to our bank with three months' worth of mortgage payments up our sleeves but was worried about what was going to happen in the fourth month. And I walked into our bank manager and I, you know, really tough and strong and I was going to handle it like a professional businesswoman and I burst into tears in the first 30 seconds. And I got through it, but my fear was they go, if I, at, in month four, they're going to take my house off me. He was so impressed that I actually had the guts to go in there and talk to him about it that that kind of, I don't want to say gave me brownie points, but it got me in a conversation straight away. I wasn't hiding. I didn't have my head in the sand. I actually found out that it was going to be the actual reality of a bank taking over your house would take a period of two years. Hmm. So it's getting real about what that fear is and really looking at Will my wife leave me? I don't know. Is that a real fear? Is that a real possibility right now if you don't get your shit sorted? Is that going to happen? Don't know. But go there and start communicating about your fear because we all know what fear stands for, don't we? Fear stands for false expectations appearing real. So my expectation was in month four, I'm not going to be able to make a mortgage payment and they're going to take my house. And that is so real to me right now. That is so real to me right now, sitting in my office, working out the money. This is really real for me. Okay, it's real for me, but is it real for them? No, it wasn't real for them. The reality is it doesn't happen. It's such a process. It takes such a long time. Yeah. And one of my mentors shared with me years ago, and it's something that I love, is uh, one of the great ways to counter fear is with another F word. <laughs> and it's not that one. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's come up a few times today. Um, but it's it's with the facts. Yes. And that's exactly what you're saying. It's not a it, – they won't take your house off you next week. Yes. Uh, you know, there's a process. And so when you go and find those facts out – that actually can allay a lot of fears and allow us to, to put an action plan together and then start to move forward with things. That's right. And, you know, in, in certain situations, people are going to say no. People are going to say, well, no, I'm sorry, that doesn't work. You need to pay us in 24 hours. But you now know that that's a fact. Rather than making it up, you actually know that it's a fact. And then you can go and organise all the other stuff and just get that one sorted. Yep. It gives you the opportunity when you face that fear and just Write it down. I find for me personally when I'm worried about something, if I write it down, it actually straight away does not look real to me. It actually looks a bit ridiculous. Mm. I go, well, let's break that down and sort that out. So maybe write down what your fear is and then go, well, is that true? Is that true? Absolutely. Because most of the time it's not. Yeah. And so 
We have just had Christmas and we're getting into the new year and, and people haven't been working and perhaps they've hit their credit card a little bit harder. <laughs> so going into the new year, what are, what are some tips that, that you have around, you know, this time of year and, and going forward? So the first tip is to pull your head out of your freckle. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first one. <laughs> because a scary statistic is March sees our highest applications of bankruptcy. Because by March, we've all got our credit cards in, we've all got um, school fees, it's the new, you know, it's electricity bills, all of that starts to flood in. And in March, people go, shit, we're in trouble, I can't do it. So the sooner you pull your head out, the easier it's going to be. And if if it is what you think is bad, deal with it. Make the phone calls. I know with credit cards that you can get um, – you can go to a financial hardship department if you need to. That's all the kind of um, putting out the fire stuff because underneath that you still need to get a plan in place to carry yourself through for the next 12 months and be really firm, be really confident and clear about what money it is you have to work with for the next the next 12 months. Great tip. Is that a good tip? Yeah. That's a great tip. <laughs> so one question we like to ask all our guests is, uh, you know, if you remember a good experience with a tradie or a bad experience with a tradie, is there anything that, that comes to mind for you? Hmm. Let me see. A good experience with a tradie? Uh, no. <laughs> Nothing comes to mind. Um, you know, uh, a bad experience with a tradie? What was the worst one? I don't think I've ever had a worst one and it's, we were talking about this before we started this chat was it's an industry where unfortunately it's a given and I it's a given that the tradie won't turn up on time, they're not going to do a good enough job, um, you know, they, they're going to – there'll be a raindrop on their head and then they'll pack up and leave for the day. You know, you know there's all of this negative uh, vibe around tradies and I just, you know – if I, if I hadn't have found my what I love now here with money, this would be my next business and it would go through the roof, is providing a level of exceptional customer service. And by exceptional, I don't mean taking them out to dinners and holidays and all that kind of thing. Exceptional customer service is putting yourself in their place. So how would I feel if that happened to me? So if I made you, Mr. Trady, wait around for six hours because you said you were going to be here between this time and this time, you would be so pissed off with me you wouldn't want to deal with me again. Whereas if you sent me a text, a five-word text and said, sorry, it will be two o'clock, that's all. And for me, from a tradie, that is exceptional customer service. Mm, It's not hard to uh, stand out from the crowd, is it? It's not hard. And you know what? Total, total congratulations to the people who do it, who do take it off because they will um, they will set themselves so far ahead of the rest. Yeah, it, yeah, they will set themselves apart that they won't have any problems about worrying where the money's coming from. Awesome. Or the awesome. sex. <laughs> and that's really, what, that's really what we care about, isn't it? Especially us males. So there we go. There we go. Really good customer service equals more sex with hey. your wife. With your wife. With your wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not just random strangers. <laughs> no, exactly. 
Well, you've shared a great lot of uh, tips and strategies today, Michelle. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's uh, awesome. We really, we really think uh, it's going to hit home for a lot of our listeners. And one thing that uh, you said you'd be able to offer is a, a free ebook that you have, which is all about uh, spending habits that keep you broke. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I wanted to work out what it is with people that, that where they get stuck in a rut and just pick a couple of things out that you need to get focused on and where I see people um, either waste money or it's just what I call a spending leak. So you've kind of, you know, you've got that, you know, you've got $300 for groceries, but you still spend $350 every week. So having a look at, I'll use that one as an example is, you know, your grocery shopping and being a bit more organized about what it is you're buying, what it is you're wasting. The, my best tip ever is to shop your freezer, pantry and fridge now before you go and do your next shopping list because I promise you, you'll still have three days worth of food in there and you don't need to go shopping. We're, we're in this society where we need to go and buy stuff that uh, costs us money and like I said earlier in the podcast, if you're spending an extra 100 bucks a month on groceries – and putting that on your credit card, that's a lot of money that you've got to find from somewhere magically at the end of the year. Yeah, great. So if you'd like a copy of uh, Michelle's book, head to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash 22. Uh, it's where you'll find this episode and more information. And there there'll be a link uh, to her ebook. And where can people find out more about you, Michelle? Uh, they can find out more about me at michellehouse.com.au and I've got one a spending organiser to give away too. Oh, excellent. Awesome. Great. So that's a great way to, to manage actual cash, isn't it? And uh... It is. I, th- I find that um, – and, you know, I still do it from time to time. I've got my normal wallet and then I've got my spending organiser where I have to reset. You know, it's like hitting the reset button on the computer. You could just – you just press the button and it all disappears and you start again. And using the cash has you more connected to what it is you are doing with your money. Tapping and pay waving and internet banking, we're really disconnected about our actual spending and the value of our money. A $50 imaginary number on a card does not have the same emotional attachment as a $50 note. Mm. So if you use cash and organize it and you can see it, you just start to become a little bit more conscious of where your money is going and what you are doing with your money. And uh, I recommend that you do that for 30 days so that you can get a really good snapshot of where your spending leaks are. Great. So we'll give that away to everyone that downloads your ebook. Uh, they'll go into the drawer and we'll draw that in about a week's time. So make sure you head to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash 22 uh, to get in the draw. So thank you so much, Michelle. Thanks, that Michelle. was uh, a really great episode. Thanks, guys. So there you go, listeners. That was our interview with Michelle House, the money maven. And as I said at the top of the show, it was just one of those interviews that was really enjoyable, very easy to do, and I'm sure we could have gone on for another 45 minutes. Uh, so I know it was a long episode, but uh, some just some great stuff in there. Yeah, that's one of those episodes where we hope that it helps you not only in your business but in your relationship as well and, mm. and with your family and your wife or husband as well. So hopefully you got a lot out of it. If you'd like to get that book and find out more about Michelle, head to tradiesbusinessshow.com forward slash 22 and all the information will be there. Until next time. See ya. For now. You've been listening to the Tradies Business Show with Warwick Bidwell and Michaela Clark. Want to get off the tools into true business ownership? Find out how at tradiesbusinessshow.com.